Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy Saturday. Getting an early morning episode in with my man, Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP. I am your host, Sky Guasco of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. This is episode 308, breaking down the Week 10 TCK Pod Listener League recap and previewing Week 11 and getting ready for the playoffs. Chris, how you doing, man? We had a halfer last week, and uh, I believe you were absent the week before, so we haven't had a full episode in a couple weeks. How you doing, man? Yeah, dude. Uh, very excited to be on having a having a decent weekend and uh, just, you know, fighting for my life in the TCK pod league. So excited to break this one down yeah. and just talk, talk through the lineups. But overall, feeling pretty good, dude. Good, man. I uh, everybody it's crunch time. It's crunch time. You're either seven and three, eight and two, nine and one, maybe undefeated and you're sitting pretty or you're zero and 10, one and nine, two and seven, three and six. And you're really trying to, like, make it happen at this point. Um, or you're somewhere in the middle. And I look at most of my leagues, man. And, and one thing I'm really happy about, I'm in about 10, 15 leagues, some of them more serious than others. And I help other people out and some and whatever. Most of my leagues are very competitive. I'm happy to say that I'm in no leagues that have nobody that have somebody with no wins. And I'm in no leagues that have somebody undefeated. So that's a good start. And a lot of the teams are in between about seven and three and like you know four and six at this point which is a good kind of medium for the whole league so it feels good and i'm kind of in the middle tck league i'm in the middle my home league i'm doing well some other leagues uh you know up at the top whatever so thankfully i'm doing okay but man it's been so hard to avoid these injuries like there's just nothing you could do i've had nick chubb out for for portions raheem mostert calvin ridley Devontae Adams. I mean, those are the four guys, Joe Mixon, even, which I know that you're not the biggest fan. We've been over that all summer. Um, but I've had these guys probably the most drafted on my rosters are those four or five guys. And I've not been able to play one week where all of them have been healthy. Uh, and, yeah, dude, and George, George, George Kittle is another one too, which uh, yeah. bur- burned me early. Right. So uh, anyway, it's been, it's been very difficult to stay alive, but thankfully <laughs> I'm at least in the hunt. So hopefully if I can get a, get a couple dubs here I can move up the ladder yeah totally dude and just to kind of add to that as well as far as you know just the sentiment of this season it's like there's been a lot of offensive injuries that have that have happened but also a lot of defensive injuries that have happened so it's been you know making the it's been making the you know who do I start question a little bit more challenging from week to week for a lot of players and or for a lot of teams and you know guys are sitting guys that they probably should have started and vice versa so yeah dude it's been tricky to uh to navigate 2020 on a lot of levels but I will say that dude the in the leagues that I'm in I'm not 
in as many as you. I think I'm in about six or seven, but the TCK league for me is by far the most competitive outside of our home league. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've assembled a nice crew here uh, in the veteran league that, uh, you know, one or two wins either way uh, or, you know, uh, or loss either way is going to shake the standings up for the playoffs fairly significantly. I totally agree. And on that note, again, a reminder to the listeners and certainly those participants in the league who are listening in and and getting ready for the playoffs and end of the season, we have implemented a new rule because of the two leagues this year where the bottom four finishers in the regular season, so not including the postseason, the bottom four finishers of the veteran league for TCK are going to bump down to the rookie league and the top four finishers of the rookie league will actually bump up to the veteran league for next season. And Chris, you and I uh, are right in the middle We're of on the cusp. So there, there, <laughs> yeah, we are. there, there is a chance that you and I, uh, you know, if we can't win out or, or whatever, um, could end up in the rookie league. And then the reality is, if you don't finish in the top four of the rookie league, you're straight up just, I don't want to use kicked out as a negative because we're not like, you know, removing anyone uh, uh, for a negative reason. It's just frankly to make room for new people that come into the league. And the reality is, Chris, if you and I, don't finish in the top four this year and then we don't finish in the top four next year uh we could straight up be on the outside (laughs) we could we maybe we'll just start our analyst career and we'll just be calling the league without participating in it (laughs) for real dude that that would be pretty rough but uh hopefully we can stay alive all right man we got two leagues to break down per usual we got you for the full episode today so thankful for that appreciate your time always really quickly please uh again people know who you are. We're good buddies. We're on each other's podcast constantly, but give us the 30 second version where we can find your content. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go check us out the commission fantasy football podcast over on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you get your, uh, you know, your, your fantasy content from or any content really on podcasts. Also go check us out on our social media handles at the commission FFP, both on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. I have to mention TikTok or else Alex will, uh, he'll shun me from the family. <laughs> And then uh, finally, go check us over at our website, www.thecommissbrand.com. Go subscribe to the playbook. That's our weekly newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday. It is free. It gets you all of your information for notable you know, weeks, uh, weekly starts, sits, weekly streamers, uh, articles around the league, and then also, the, uh, of course, the injuries that happened from that previous week to set you up for the current week in fantasy football. So go check us out over on our website and i'll just uh, drop a little little disclaimer some some swag that's happening we're uh, we're coming out with some commish ornaments for your mm. tree if you celebrate mm. christmas so keep an eye out for that you'll uh, you know if you do subscribe over on our social media handles you'll see us drop that in the next uh, let's say 72 hours we're going to be having that up on our website so i've been having a discussion uh you know i've got a teenage daughter and um we're a little past santa here in our house unfortunately uh those days were were blissful um but i have a, qu- a question for you chris as you're delving out some ornaments with COVID and everything else. Are you concerned about Santa's availability and how he's going to, you know, get around this year? I mean, it seems like there's restrictions for just about everybody else. Is there any concern on your side uh, for Santa making the rounds this year? Well, word in the word in the street is that Santa's teamed up with Jeff Bezos this year. So I hear, I hear that everything will be uh, smoothly implemented from a logistical side. Okay, so he's fine. So he's implemented extra help this year just to oh, yeah. make, make sure it gets there on time. And okay, great. Jeff yeah. uh, Jeff gets an extra payout. Good for him. That's yeah, exactly. fantastic. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you think Jeff doubles his money in a year? Double? <laughs> Talk to oh, Santa. Man. Yeah, well, it might be more than that. All right, let's move on before I get upset. Okay, week 10, 
Let's go back just a smidge and recap week 10 here. I'll get through the rookie standings. We'll take a quick commercial break per usual, and then we'll get into the veteran standing. Chris, let's get into this. Recapping week 10 here with the rookie division. Dweez gets a big dub. He is up at the top. So he is the TCK representative in the rookie league. You hear Dweez nuts most uh, usually on Tuesday's episodes with the Stat Rat episode. Make sure you go check him out, of course. So Dweez at 8-2 and two gets the win over Weston at 4-6. and six. At uh, 99.84. Then we had Sack Attack with a win over Wagon, 108.97, both at four and six. Josh, the Kamish representative, falls to J. Care, both at seven and three. So they're actually tied up there at a close second right behind Dweez, 130 to 114. J. Care edges them out there. Megatron out in the UK falls to Mamba, 136 to 102. Five and five for Megatron, four and six for. Um, Mamba Ulysses falls to Shep Shep gets his first dub on the season one and nine off the Schneid they're actually a really really great team when we look at his squad but he's just had injuries Michael Thomas has been unavailable obviously first round pick yada yada 139 to 100 hopefully Shep can turn it around Ulysses falls to six and four and Wolfpack gets the win over B Funk they're both five and five 104 to 72 <clears throat> Wolfpack with the dub current standings in the rookie league Dwee's nuts up at the top at eight and two Josh and Jay Care at seven and three in second. Ulysses alone in third. Megatron, Wolfpack, Beef Funk, all at five and five. Weston, Wolf, uh, Weston, Mostin, uh, excuse me, Weston, Mamba, and Sack Attack and Wagon all at four and six. And then Shep holding up the rear once again at uh, one and nine. Let's get into this week's matchups here. We only have three weeks until the playoffs, so we need to get some dubs here. And the uh, going to have the top separating themselves, the bottom starting to fall out. We'll see what we can make happen here. Sack Attack, tough matchup this week up against the league leader, Dweez Nuts, eight and two. Sack Attack, four and six. Sack Attack already has 28 points from Chase Edmonds, aka Cheese Almonds on the Commission FFP, and DK Metcalf, who should have had about 40 points. I know, Chris, uh, you took that uh, a little personally, I believe. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then Kyler Murray had 21 fantasy points himself. So otherwise, Sack Attack is rolling out Matt Stafford, J.D. McKissick, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Eric Ebron, and Kendrick Bourne is on a buy, so he'll have to have a sub. Looks like uh, James White is probably his best option there. So Chris, one more time. Stafford, McKissick, Godwin, DJ Moore, Eric Ebron, and James White already had DK Metcalf and Cheese Almonds go for him this week. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pause on the DK Metcalf rant. I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll park that for five seconds. But uh, as far as the team goes, normally that would be a great starting lineup, I think. But I'm pretty certain Stafford's banged up, and I'm pretty certain um, DJ Moore is now playing with an XFL quarterback. So I don't know exactly, uh, you know, how that's going to fare out as far as points go for uh, for Sack Attack. So normally I'm I'm always really impressed with Sack Attack's team. I just think he's He's got some question marks, uh, you know, rolling into this week. Kenny Galladay also out as well as DeAndre Swift. So that entire Lions offense is a question mark there. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But again, we're in super flex. Um, he does not have another option at quarterback. So unfortunately, he's a bit stuck. Uh, would you like to go DK now or do you want to wait uh, till the end? We can go DK now. Why not? I mean, you, I mean, you laid it up, right? It's it's simply, he let 40 points effectively uh, or left maybe 30 points on the table. I mean, you know, everyone, it's funny, dude. I watched this, um, 
this highlight on Instagram with DK Metcalf throwing uh, kitchen balls at the crossbar uh, during halftime. I don't know if you saw uh, that kind of going around. Oh yeah. The, the Odell and how, one-handers and all yeah, that. How yeah. How incredible yeah. it was. And in my head, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe fucking Russell Wilson should have thrown the ball at the, at the crossbar instead of directly at his head. Like, what do we, like, what do we do? Like, you know, and then I'm sitting there like, you know, Tyler Lockett would have made that catch 10 out of 10 times. Like, I get the I get the manliness of DK Metcalf. I get it. I understand. And Sky, look, I, you know what's funny, dude? At the value that I pick DK Metcalf in most of my leagues, you're pumped. <laughs> I'm absolutely pumped, and I can't. I really yeah. can't complain. But yeah. if we are going to suggest that he is the second coming of Megatron, mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite there yet. He's got some rawness in his game that he needs to air out, of course. right? And so, and that's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna go much further than that. He's obviously producing much better than everyone expected. He's got some rawness in his game that he has to iron out. For anybody who somehow didn't watch Thursday Night Football, which I assume most people did, uh, or just didn't happen to catch it, he literally had a ball hit him in the face mask, and he dropped it um, for a touchdown. And then he had another slant that he dropped that maybe could have been a 30, 40-yard touchdown if he turned the corner, which he probably does, but he dropped the ball. He also had a, uh, I believe it was a 35-yard reception that was called back due to a penalty. So, again, we can't coulda, woulda, shoulda, but if you do that, which we love to in fantasy football, like A.J. Brown dropping a 70-yard touchdown last week, if we do that stuff, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, you know, D.K. Metcalf goes from three receptions on five targets for 46 yards and a touchdown to six receptions on eight targets for 160 yards (laughs) yeah i mean 100 minimum and then two maybe three touchdowns and all of a sudden we're talking instead of 13 points we're talking maybe closer to 30 plus so um yeah i mean we're talking we're talking we're talking ea madden 99 you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and if you know again you're people are frustrated with dk because he has now put himself in the echelon of i expect 20 points and you're a beast and yada yada but the reality is even megatron uh, had the occasional, you know, 10, 15 pointer um, and a case of the dropsies, unfortunately, throughout his career. Uh, but the reality is with those guys, Julio Jones and whatnot, we've seen DK Metcalf. He could take three receptions for three touchdowns and we're not complaining. So I just, I saw your tweet and I know that uh, you have been passionate about DK since the summer when you and I were talking about it. And it's yeah. just a tough week, a tough week against the Cardinals, which should have been a smash, which it was. I mean, he dominated Patrick Peterson. I actually, yeah. I, I screenshotted a tweet and I, or it was, I think it was a, it was a tweet or an Instagram post from Patrick Peterson. And I meant to send it to you and I just haven't yet. And it was basically, it was a video caption of DK Metcalf, which they keep, they keep running over and over like him running that fucking stop go route curl that he had on Patrick. Yeah, Peterson. Like, yeah, it was great. And Patrick Peterson is not who he used to be. And he got schooled and it is what it is, but DK didn't score. And ultimately I guess DK was two catches for 21 yards and no touchdowns within Patrick Peterson's coverage specifically. So pro football focus put up that video on Instagram and literally Patrick Peterson commented on it two for 21 again. And then a bunch of like crying, laughing emojis. And I'm like, bro, you are fucking with the bull. Like, you know what I mean? Like DK might, I mean, DK should have had, about four touchdowns on your ass and he didn't. So I know I would not poke the bear, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah, I'll just, yeah, dude, take, for sure. I'll just leave, win, I'll, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I know for real dude. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of just leave it at this in that, you know, look, we'll all be good DK. If you just show up in the playoffs, man, that's all, that's all I show up in the playoffs. I'll be good. Here's the deal. The Seahawks show up in the playoffs. Russ shows up in the playoffs. 
Yep. Tyler Lockett is still playing very well, and he played well Thursday night, even coming in banged up. Uh, but if he gets hurt, um, again, that's the separation. Can DK handle true one-on-one top one coverage? Tyler Lockett helps him immensely right now because they have to pull a safety to his side as well, whatever. If Lockett's out, he's going to get Julio Jones treatment, especially in the red zone, where we all complain about Julio Jones not getting touchdowns. If you watch Falcons games, there's four fucking guys that cover Julio Jones in the red yeah. zone. I don't care who you are. It's not going to happen, right? So if Lockett goes out, DK is going to get that kind of treatment. Can he break that, uh, break that mold? And that'll, I think, be the, the decider. Okay, let's move on here. Dewey's nuts coming in, 21 points from Kyler Murray. Uh, kind of a disappointment from him as well. Comes out of the game with an AC joint sprain. Wasn't throwing the ball deep in the second half. Wasn't running very much. Uh, you could tell he was ailed early. They were putting hot packs on his shoulder and whatnot. Um, that kind of affected the entire Cardinals offense. Doesn't look like he'll miss time, but certainly 21 points from Kyler Murray is almost a, uh, uh, a disappointment in his own right as well with what he's able to do. Comes in with 21 points here. Dewey's also rolling out Kalen Balage, James Robinson, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Travis Fulgham, and Derek Carr. Yeah, so I have Travis Fulgham as my start of the week. Uh, I think he bounces back off of the, you know, very, uh, let's say, unimpressive week that the, the Eagles offense really had in general. So I think he bounces back this week. Um, I am... A little bit nervous. I think in a uh, Sky, you actually talked about this with uh, with is it Bobby? I believe yep. the James Robinson play. Now, I obviously know that a lot of people can't don't have the luxury to sit a James Robinson, but damn, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about playing Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that's the start you're hoping for if you're looking for a win. But since Dweez is kind of up in the you know the seven and three marker, I think he can afford it, and and he'll be fine either way. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. As far as Travis Fulgham goes first, I think that's a good, good pickup. I mean, his targets since week five, 13, 10, 11, seven, and five. So unfortunately last three weeks, he's trending downward. It's dude. It's all about Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm not going to continue to bash on this guy because I feel like all, I feel like all I've done on this podcast for two years is like hype Nick Mullins for no reason, just because it's kind of tongue in cheek and just shit on Carson Wentz. And I don't know. It's frustrating. Anyway, Travis Fulgham goes by the way of uh, Carson Wentz. I am concerned and Bobby brings this up a lot in his coverage report. When we get into it Sunday mornings, the wind, the weather in general in Cleveland has been absolutely horrible for three weeks. And if they get Mm -hmm. another windy, rainy, shitty performance, the Eagles are already bad. Their offensive lines banged up. Carson Wentz is gun shy, whatever. And Jalen Rager's back. Um, Just as far as, Pegging Travis Fulgham as a start of the week in a normal situation, I'm with you. If there is rain and wind and all that other stuff, we've seen it affect Cleveland games for two weeks. I mean, look at last week, 10 to 7 versus the Texans, right? Because it was kind of such a mess. So keep an eye on that. Just make sure that you're you're aware of the weather. As far as um, James Robinson, yeah, I mean, the reality is Pittsburgh is as good as advertised. A lot of times you say, oh, they're pretty good against the run or they're the best against the run. Pittsburgh literally shuts every single person down and that is going to be a problem. And I just don't see the Jaguars being able to throw the ball on Pittsburgh, even though they're susceptible to the pass because Jake Luton's going to be under pressure all day. So the only benefit to James Robinson is in PPR leagues. Chris um, Thompson went on IR. Uh, Devin Azingbo is, you know, maybe he'll be active. We'll see. He's the only other healthy running back and he's been on IR all season long. 
So James Robinson could just get 15 Camara-esque dump-offs to rack up your points in fantasy to get him in space. But as a pure runner, I don't see James Robinson doing much, and I don't see the upside in scoring opportunities for the Jags in general and certainly James Robinson, like, up the gut per usual, right? So he's been great, man. Look, like, yeah. running back running back four on the season, he's been healthy. Dude's been a, a, a waiver-wire Hall of Famer, frankly, this season with all the injuries to running backs. But um, this particular week, I am certainly concerned about it, so much so that I actually moved off of him in, in one of my two leagues that I have him around. So the other wow, one, yeah. people just aren't buying because they all know the drill, too, in my home league. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the other league, I, I sold him. You know, I got rid of him for, for what I could. So uh, that's just something I wanted to move away from. So, okay. Tweez and Sack Attack with a big matchup there up at the top. Let's move on here. We got Weston and Wagon. Weston at four and six. Wagon also at four and six. Weston has 19 points from Russell Wilson, also a disappointment. And New Hopkins with 10 points, also a disappointment. Frankly, we all came into Thursday Night Football assuming that both of these teams were going to absolutely light up the scoreboard. We're going to have the Chiefs and Rams volume two from a couple years ago where everybody gets 50 points and all this stuff. It wasn't, it just wasn't like that. Uh, the defenses both played much better than we thought they were going to Tyler uh, or sorry, Kyler Murray got a little bit banged up and um, Carlos, Carlos Hyde, frankly, uh, really took over for the Seahawks. So there just wasn't need for them to go nuts uh, on that offensive side. So that was kind of interesting, but otherwise Weston rolling out Darrell Henderson, CEH off the bye. Uh, Chase Claypool, New Hopkins already went Tyler Higby, Tyreek Hill off the bye as well. And Calvin Ridley. Yeah, good squad. Um, I think the the Chiefs have a nice matchup, and I it's funny in, in another league I'm I'm kind of uh, <laughs> balancing. Do I start Ceh or do I start Zeke? And you know, some guy just basically don't overthink it. Go with the best offense in the league. So, yep. The Ceh, the Ceh play I like, uh, and obviously the Tyree Kill play I like. I, I like the squad uh, he has this week, and it, it might be enough. Like I mean, Hopkins underperformed, Wilson sort of underperformed, but you know what? That's Thursday night football. So take what you can get. I think he. Uh, I think you know overall good team. Yeah, I agree. And as far as the Chiefs off of the bye, I mean, it's been historically documented that Chief or just Andy Reid teams back to the Eagles, now the Chiefs off of a bye week are borderline flawless. And certainly against a divisional rival like the Raiders, who accidentally beat the Chiefs early in the season. This game is in Vegas, but I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win this game by 30 points. And uh, therefore, CEH should be fine. And honestly, man, very surprisingly, Le'Veon Bell has been a non-factor. I mean, he's, he's been a good spot for the Chiefs, NFL terms, but he has not been a factor for fantasy at all. And honestly, Darryl, uh, Darrell Williams um, has had pretty much just as an impact for fantasy. So CEH, I think, is the uh, lead back and certainly the one I want there in Kansas City. All right, Wagon comes in with Jake Luton against Pittsburgh. He's got Jacob, uh, Josh Jacobs, Adrian Peterson filling in for DeAndre Swift. Mike Williams, uh, Devontae Parker, Logan Thomas, and Marquise Brown. Yeah, good time to start AP. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows at this point or should know that Swift is going to be out. So the AP start looks very attractive. I think for a couple of weeks there, people were starting AP thinking that, you know, he was still going to get a decent amount of workload, but he just wasn't. And Swift really kind of has taken over the backfield. But being out this week, AP is going to be a nice spot start for people that are looking to fill a running back role, um, you know, based on injuries. I totally agree. He does have a super flex, a super flex spot open. Chris, let's talk it through it for him. Um, 
So Josh Allen is on a bye this week. He's got Matt Ryan to fill in as quarterback against the Saints, who might be without Marshawn Lattimore, which would be killer. Or he's got T. Higgins versus Washington. Um, will you lean quarterback yeah. because it's quarterback? Uh, T. Higgins has been pretty incredible this season. Yeah, so I definitely have to – I mean, yeah, my default is always go quarterback in, in super flex leagues, but also the, I'm pretty sure the Redskins are the best team against – Very good, uh, yes. Best, yeah, best team against wide receivers. I'm pretty sure if they're not, they're pretty close. So, uh, you know, T. Higgins has been great. I just don't know if he's going to be great this week. I agree. And Matt Ryan with, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley and, and Julio Jones, both healthy, uh, should be able to be a full, full send. All right, let's go with Megatron and Josh. Uh, tough matchup here for Megatron going up against uh, all powerful Josh here, but uh, let's see what she can do. She's already got 21 fantasy points from Tyler Lockett, so great start there. Um, she also did have kind of a roster flub, which we'll talk about just here in a second, but I'll explain why. She's got Patrick Mahomes coming off the bye, Philip Lindsay, uh, Julio Jones, Noah Fant, DJ Chark, and Ben Roethlisberger. Let's talk about that squad first, and then I'll mention her roster uh, oopsies. Okay, so – all right, so a couple of couple of good plays, a couple of tough plays. So the Ben Roethlisberger play obviously is dynamite. Uh, great matchup against Jacksonville, and then all right. And so on the flip side of that, DJ Chark, not a hundred percent sure. I think Bobby had mentioned on your episode that he's been playing a lot more in the slot, but even mm. still, I mean, in Pittsburgh has been fairly average against wide receivers. But man, I just that's, that that matchup just does not feel good at all. Um, yep. So you know, if she can get. A couple, you know, ten points, twelve points from DJ Chark, fine. But I'm more, I'm more nervous about the, uh, let's say, end zone productivity that the Jacksonville Jaguars are just leaving on the table. So I think that's what's been hurting Chark this this year. Um, she's overall. got, she's got, she's got three other main options that she could slot in, and actually, yeah, at a flex position. So Corey Davis at Baltimore, Hunter Renfro versus the Chiefs, or Austin Hooper uh, versus Philadelphia. Would yeah, you go any of them tough. over DJ Chark? And here's the thing. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, me either. And the Steelers are susceptible to the pass because nobody can run on them and teams just have to eventually throw when they get the lead. But a big part of that that I think fantasy people overlook sometimes is you have to get the pass off <laughs> to have to have work. And I think Jake Luton and this yeah, young offensive right. line, I think they're going to get destroyed. I really do. And I just, outside of a you know, the old Odell Beckham five yard slant to the house, which, you know, DJ Chark has four, three speed. I mean, the dude can move when he gets the ball or a deep bomb, which he has been targeting him, you know, 40 plus air yards on two passes over the last two weeks, which is great. If he can come down with those other than that, though, I just don't see the volume there for DJ Chark. And again, she's kind of in a tough spot. So I'll mention that um, she put in Chris Carson. So I want to just put a disclaimer out here because somebody in the league hit me up and basically was like, Hey man, it, you know, like, what's the deal? Is she not filling a full roster? Like Carson's out, blah, blah, blah. She's in the UK. Like she's literally eight or nine hours ahead of us. So she's I asked sleeping, her, yeah. I was like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, dude, the game, check this out, man. And you're on the East coast. You're three hours ahead of me. She's five hours ahead of you. She said the game Thursday night game starts at 1 30 AM her time. It starts at 1 30 yeah. AM her time. And she's like, I stayed up to like yeah. 11, 12. I've got a life. Like I gotta go to fucking work. Dude, and Chris, yeah, you know, like I, it's I can't tough. Be doing and it. To be and fair, she said she said he was. You know, she's like, look, I went to sleep right after I read an article saying that he was going to be active. I felt confident exactly. about it. I put him on my roster. I literally woke up 
to a zero. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just no, it yeah. sucks. Like I gotta fucking eat it and my bad. Like anyway, I wanted to just bring it up to the league that like she's legit. She's played every single week. She obviously knows what she's doing and just kind of have her back at like sometimes you have that like last minute. Is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play? You go out running Aaron, you come back, all of a sudden he was a late scratch, doesn't play still in your lineup. That's a lot different than having Cortland Sutton still in your lineup. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, totally. You just obviously haven't paid attention. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to, again, to, to, to defend the decision-making process here. I mean, you can't like, again, yeah, the, the, the time frame is, is, is one thing, but like to also give her some credit here, like the Chris Carson uh, saga, right. Has been, mm-hmm. he's been, he's been a game, like literally minutes before the game is when you find updates on Chris Carson. It's like for a month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's been, he's been always diagnosed with the sort of questionable designation. And so I have Chris Carson in a few leagues. I don't know what to do. Like I'm sitting yeah. there and I'm like, and I literally have to stay at the screen and I can't do anything before game time. It's like, I, I have to just check up on Chris Carson, uh, uh, start, you know, the, the scratch or the play. And for her, it's like, yeah, I get it, man. She's got, you know, she's, she's in the UK six five or six hours ahead so you know that's just you know it's unfortunate it's one of those things you know it happens totally agree so anyway megan all good uh <laughs> the uh the air is clear i just want yeah, that's to, crazy yeah i mean just no, want to oh, give her a shout so out back in the league because you know it's the time of year where like anybody who's not josh like josh is pumped because he gets a free zero right and yeah, i know josh right. josh knows the game so i'm not saying that it's like that but you know he's stoked because he's playing her everybody else in the league is like bro what the fuck how come yeah they know? want to see josh lose Exactly. So I just wanted to like come like as the commission and as the, you know, uh, leader of the league, I want to just be like, look, I've talked to all parties. We've cleared it. It was a mistake. Won't happen again. We're moving on. All right, let's go to Josh here. He's got Ryan Tannehill, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Robert Woods, and Justin Herbert. Yikes. Yes. Yeah, I don't even know where to, you know, the, Dude, his, the bench, his, his yeah. bench Tua, Alexander Madison, Jonathan Taylor, Jarvis Landry, Jalen Rager, Hayden Hurst. Pretty much yeah, starting I mean, roster sta- in its own right. For real. Yeah, no, he's stacked across the board. And the crazy part is, is like he's got uh, fairly good, healthy players too. Like no one's like, no one's like Calvin Ridley, who's kind of banged up. Maybe, yep. you know, maybe playing this week, you know, have to play him if he is playing type of thing. Like everyone's good. Everyone's playing. Like, yeah, he, he's rolling in uh, with a nice squad. So. It's, you know, totally. And, awesome. and guys, and guys are getting healthy. He's got Justin Jackson on his IR who, if he comes back and Eckler has a hiccup or whatever, obviously Joshua Kelly's not the answer. Caleb Balazs has been fucking phenomenal <laughs> out of nowhere, but you know, we, he's still Caleb Balazs, so he could fall off as well. And yeah, yeah. Josh is in a uh, real good shape. All right, let's move on to Mamba and Jay care Mamba at four and six Jay care at seven and three Mamba rolling out Deshaun Watson against your Patriots, Derek Henry, uh, in a rematch in last year's game, actually last night on NFL Network, they had a rerun of last year's divisional matchup between the Ravens and the Titans, where the Titans just smashed on the Ravens. I watched the whole game; it was in Baltimore, and dude, that game was over before it started. Very impressive uh, performance by the Titans. We'll see if they can do it again. This game also in Baltimore, so he's got Watson, Henry, uh, DeAndre Swift out again. So got to make a last-minute decision. Let's help him out with that. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, who should at least play, what, one or two quarters this week? We'll give him that at least. Terry McLaurin, Jonu Smith, Miles Sanders, and Teddy Bridgewater, assuming he plays. Chris, you mentioned earlier it could be P.J. Walker. We'll see what happens. Uh, in that position, let's see, it's a running back position. Let's see if he's got any extra uh, mobility here. Um, unfortunately, not really. 
he would have to drop somebody in order to pick um, somebody up kind of in a tough spot here. And there's nobody on this team that I would necessarily want to drop. Maybe Darnell Mooney to pick up somebody. So maybe playing without a spot there. So let's go it again. Watson, Henry, uh, Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, John Smith, Miles Sanders, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, good, good squad. I mean, yeah, I think the uh, I, two, th- two things I wanted to point out um, that might not be so odd. Well, one, th- one thing that's obvious, I think the first thing is the Teddy Bridgewater play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've been hearing that it's not going to be Teddy Bridgewater this week. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah, so, so he's probably going to have to make a, an adjustment there, um, and I'm sure he will, obviously, before game time. The other thing, um, and this isn't necessarily like, a, um, you know, feel good about playing Derrick Henry type of thing, because I think everyone generally feels good about playing Derrick Henry every week that you do play him, but I was watching actually a pretty cool breakdown on um, NFL Network today about Patrick Queen for the Baltimore Ravens and how he's basically been dis- like, he is actually single-handedly becoming a massive problem uh, for the linebacking core for the Ravens, which is actually the reason why the Pats, I mean, granted the weather kind of sucked, but Patrick Queen is, is, um, he's a rookie. So he's been, he's actually not been playing effectively uh, and teams have, are able to throw him off balance. And so just the fact that uh, Belichick, uh, you know, uh, exposed him, like for example, the Rex Burkhead touchdown from the, from the Jacoby Myers, Mm-hmm. Uh, flea flicker was a Patrick queen mishap. Like he didn't read uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, his route properly. And which is the reason why Burkhead of all players is able to get behind him and make that, make that play a couple of times where Damian Harris goes up the middle, Patrick queens in the wrong spot and Harris picks it up and just, you know, runs all over them. So basically uh, you know, I would not be shocked if, if uh, Henry ends up having a ridiculously good game against the Baltimore, even surprisingly, not because yeah. Baltimore is not good, but just because you got, um, uh, you know, the, the Tennessee offensive scheme likely going to follow what the Patriots were able to do um, against, against the, uh, the defense. So, well, and what, and what worked last year, again, I was saying that I rewatched right. the game from last year and Derrick Henry had over 150 total yards, you know, yep. he was smashing and Ryan Tannehill, again, working off the play action. AJ Brown was a rookie last year and he was hurt pretty much up until that game. If you can remember as well, John Smith had a touchdown, should have had two Corey Davis had a touchdown on a Derrick Henry, uh, like a, a little Tebow fake run pitch over the top. Um, they just straight up schooled him last year. It was it was not a question. And not only Patrick Queen, I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of some insider shit that people don't pay attention to to DSTs. But also um, Calais Campbell, who's like all world coming over from Jacksonville, six fucking eight, dude's a fucking monster. He's been out for a couple of weeks. He's going to be out again this week, most likely. And Brandon Williams, who is their bowling ball in the middle, who is one of the best run exactly. stoppers in the NFL has been out for a couple of weeks. He is questionable and probably not going to play either this week. Also, Jimmy Smith, who is an incredible um, uh, part of the secondary, is potentially out with an ankle or limited, you know, to say the least. So the Ravens are the Ravens at 50% are still better than most defenses in the league. Um, however, they're at 50%. So I am not scared yeah. to play my players against the Ravens this year or this week. And I have the Ravens in a bunch of leagues as a DST. And I'm playing like the Browns versus the Eagles over the Ravens this week. And I just like feel better about that Mm -hmm. because of how beat up they are. So one thing I think they can do real quick, I want want to mention this and then we'll move on. Uh, DeAndre Swift is out at the running back position. We can flip Miles Sanders from flex into running back. So we'll do that. And then we have two uh, flex options available. He's got a lot of people on by, but Rashard Higgins, or, and um, Denzel Mims could flip in, and then you have a full roster. So, assuming Teddy doesn't play, 
Um, that's what I would recommend there for Mamba. All right, let's go to Jay Carrier, like seven, and, seven and three. He's got your boy TB12, uh, Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyler Boyd, Mark Andrews, Zeke Elliott, and Joe Burrow. Yeah, so funny. Um, the Mark Andrews play, uh, Eric had him as the sit of the week last week. and He ends up having his best uh, best yep. week of the year last week against the Patriots in that monsoon. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting situation. I'm going to be very interested to see if Mark Andrews can start to step it up. I think Nick Boyle is officially out for oh, the season. Yeah, he's done. So, yeah, so um, how they use Mark Andrews now will be interesting if, if uh, you know, he takes over some blocking or if they're going to, you know, use him better in the route tree. It'll be just interesting to see how, how Mark Andrews um, adapts with the Nick Boyle injury. It's hard to imagine Zeke Elliott not being a top 12 running back just on volume alone. But how do you feel about him right now coming off of well, the bye week playing Minnesota? And I think he's still having hamstring issues. I've been reading up uh, this weekend that his uh, hamstrings are still a bit of a problem. He participated fully in practice this week, but he was getting still additional treatment from the trainers. And so I don't know what kind of workload they're going to give him. Um, It's obvious that without Dak Prescott, the whole offense just isn't running the way it should. And he's obviously taken a huge hit. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, he's got a huge price tag and a contract. I don't think they want to injure him. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of confused in the homing. I'm benching him. Actually, I'm benching yeah. him for D for JD McKissick and CEH. And that's what I'm going with this week. Wow. Yeah. And, and Tony Pollard's legit. You know, he, Tony Pollard is, he is not yeah. just, uh, he's not just the backup to Zeke. I mean, Tony Pollard is truly one of these Kareem hunt type guys, I believe. And we don't hear as much from Tony Pollard because Zeke gets all the work, but Tony Pollard is a starter for probably 10 NFL teams. And he's just waiting for his turn. So if Zeke were yeah, to exactly. miss time or be ineffective, I can't imagine they bench Zeke, but giving him a few less touches to mix it up. We've seen in very limited work in the NFL so far with Tony Pollard, he is very explosive. Agreed. And I think he adds a, adds a dynamic, frankly, right now that Zeke doesn't have currently. And maybe it's because of the hammies, maybe it's the offense, whatever, but uh, Tony Pollard is no slouch and Dallas might um, lean that way to just get a fucking W. They're still somehow in the race in the uh, NFC East, which is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two games here in the rookie league. Let's get into Ulysses and B-Funk. Ulysses at six and four, going with Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Adams, Will Fuller, Jared Cook, Jamison Crowder, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so sorry about that. I had a, had a bit of a pause. Um, yeah, good squad, my goodness. Uh is it just me, or does that seem like a really good squad? <laughs> uh, Rodgers and Adam stack. You love that. Fournette's getting more work against the Rams. I don't love it, but it's a running back. You got to play him. Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook. Will Fuller. I'll, I'll ask you this: Will Fuller against mm. um, your Patriots? Uh, first of all, what's your what's your local on the ground uh, report <laughs> for Stephon Gilmore? And if Gilmore's out, um, do you think they're still going to be able to box him up? Um, I forget the exact numbers. I know very unprofessional of me. Sorry, listeners, to not have these for you. But frankly, to sum it up in uh, professional terms, Will Fuller has been absolutely eliminated by Bill Belichick and these Patriots over the last three uh, games that they played. They take away the top option. They have deemed Will Fuller the top option for the, um, for the uh, Texans, even with DeAndre Hopkins. They eliminate Will Fuller, double up um, Hopkins, and that's what they've been doing for the last couple of years. Now there is no Hopkins. Brandon Cooks, you know, revenge game if you want to call it that, but I think he has a better chance than Will Fuller. Uh, do you have sure. any insider knowledge uh, maybe or hear any local stuff on uh, Stephon Gilmore? 
Yeah, it's still questionable. And unfortunately, this is one of these things with uh, this type of team in that the Patriots don't disclose a bunch of information. And so, you know, your your guess is as good as mine when it comes to Stephen Gilmore. Uh, I will say, though, the, the the Texans played the Pats last year fairly well. They actually ended up beating the Patriots in, in a game that was, I believe, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. And the Pats were expected to go in and just, you know, you know, smack, smack the uh, Texans around. And it just didn't happen that way. In fact, the the Texans played fairly well in, in Deshaun Watson. That's kind of like the iconic, you know, Deshaun Watson playing the air guitar on the, mm-hmm. on the sideline that was against the Patriots. And so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. No Stefan Gilmore, if he doesn't play and then Wolf Fuller has been a monster this year. So I think you have to start him uh, yep. with, with some confidence in general. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jared cook, I think is going to be a nice boost um, with Jameis or Taysom. We'll, get to that if we need to uh it's just kind of a fucking pain in the ass at this point james crowder and kirk cousins let's go to the other side here team funk already has uh 16 points from Kenyon drake uh he did pick up james winston um who <laughs> was the starter for drew Brees, and then not the starter Taysom hill is going to sean payton it was so uh adamant about it came out and literally said james will not be a part of any packages this sunday that blow. I can't imagine that that's actually the truth, but that's what he said. So, so far, Jameis has a zero as his projection. We'll see what happens there. Naheem Hines, Curtis Samuel, your boy A.J. Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Adam Thielen, and Andy Dalton. Yeah, scrappy team right there. I like the I like the possibilities, right? So, you got Adam Thielen, obviously, should have a good game. Curtis Samuel, you know, with P.J. Walker in there uh, this week, I think Curtis Samuel should see uh, a few of those, you know, nice sort of open space run plays that he's been sort of accustomed to getting over the past four to five weeks. So I like that. Um, yeah. I mean, good scrappy team. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what kind of points he can, he can get together here. Yeah, I agree. And if Jameis is in fact out and he has to move that, then we move Andy Dalton up to the starting quarterback, which is we terrible. Have a, we have a super flex option open. Chris, let's help him out here. We okay. have, uh, we have Amari Cooper and CD lamb available um remember as we've been going through this all season he has the triple stack cowboys uh with amari cooper cd lamb and dalton schultz first four weeks of the season that was incredible now not so much but he has cooper and cd lamb to put in there um jamal williams backup for the packers we're going to pass on that malcolm brown for the rams are going to pass on that uh he also has duke johnson so basically it comes down to duke johnson amari cooper or cd lamb in that super flex position if Jameis is out and he moves Andy Dalton up to the quarterback spot. Okay. Yeah. So the word in the street that I'm getting is that CD lamb is the, is the, is the go-to uh, starter mm-hmm. this week, if, if you mm-hmm. will. So um, you look, I mean, everyone has a good reason why that could be the case or why that shouldn't be the case. And I think we'll know on game time, but that seems to be the, the way I'm leaning uh, based on what I'm hearing. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm going to go with that too. I've never been a crazy, uh, believer in Amari Cooper for some reason I know he's immensely talented he has huge games occasionally but CeeDee Lamb seems to be the main future there and he gets the volume at least and um, I like that a lot so I would go that way move Andy Dalton up put CeeDee Lamb in I think that's a good move all right man one more game here and then we'll move on to the veteran league Wolfpack and Shep Shep gets the first dub of the season last week and Wolfpack at five and five in the middle of the pack Wolfpack rolling out Goff Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis for another week or two while he can. Mike Evans, uh, Robbie Anderson, Hunter Henry, Jerry Judy, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, 
team's got a couple of hard matchups. The Evans versus potentially Jalen Ramsey play. Uh, yep. It's going to be a bit tricky. I, th- I know I, I know a lot of people sitting Mike Evans this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays. I think that's the only big question mark I have on the team. Let's see here. Uh, Jared Goff versus the Bucks. I don't love that. Um, Kareem Hunt versus Philadelphia. Uh, Kareem Hunt is better with Nick Chubb. Actually, Shep has Chubb, so they're playing each other um, in this matchup. But um, – the Philadelphia Eagles have been very, very good against running backs. And I think Nick Chubb can break it. Not sure Kareem Hunt will. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a scrappy matchup here, both sides. He does also have Gio Bernard versus Washington with Mixon out. So um, is there anybody you would swap out? I don't think so, probably for that matchup, but I'm not crazy about Kareem Hunt. All right, let's move on to Shep. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to agree with you. That's all. Yeah, I agree with the uh, the the logic there. Okay, let's go with Shep. He's got Cam Newton, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Michael Thomas. Who uh, let's let's hope he has more than four targets and three receptions. Marvin Jones filling in for Kenny Galladay, Darren Waller, and Juju Smith-Schuster, as well as Alex Smith in the super flex position. Yeah, I think the 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 MT question mark is the one that's been killing everybody. Um, he, you know, he needs better work. He's more work. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what kind of game plan they they rack up here. But you know, a first round wide receiver that is putting up like less than pedestrian numbers is killing everybody that has him because you can't sit him. Eventually, he's got to get back to normal, right? Is it? Am I crazy for thinking that? No, of course he does. And whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, they have to run through Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. The most concerning thing, and this is just I think getting healthy. So I'm trying not to overreact about this. But in week nine, he returns, right? He gets hurt in week one. He comes back in week nine. He has 55% of the snaps. So we only played half the game. Not good against Tampa Bay. Then last week versus the 49ers, he plays 78% of the snaps. This is Michael Thomas. He should not leave the field ever, right? So 70% of the snaps, again, three quarters of the snaps. Don't like that. Now we did have 13 targets in those two games, six in the first, seven in the second, but just five receptions and two 51, 27 yards, no touchdowns yet. Look, he's playing the Falcons twice in the next three games. This is get right. If if it's going to happen for Michael Thomas, it's going to happen this week. It's going to happen in the next two weeks. Um, he should be fine. The Falcons are second worst against fantasy receivers. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. It's just a matter of the quarterback play. Honestly, at this point, after all these weeks being worried about Michael Thomas, I'm less worried about Thomas and more concerned about what the quarterback position is going to be like for the saints, but uh, we're just going to have to buckle up and see what happens. As of now, it's Taysom Hill. I think ultimately it's going to be Jameis Winston, even if Taysom Hill gets the quote unquote start and then Jameis maybe takes over in the second quarter, second half. We'll see what happens. But nonetheless, I, uh, I, I hope um, Michael Thomas will have a bigger week. And I think that he will. All right, man, that wraps up the rookie division, kind of a longer breakdown this week. We can blaze through the vets a little bit quicker here. Um, and uh, the commercial break generally is just reminding everybody to please give a five-star review to the TCK pod and make sure you leave a note there, wherever you're leaving the reviews, I read them all. I appreciate them. And I always appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for the support. Follow us on IG at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, all the rankings and the true strength of schedule spreadsheet that we were working on with Lucas and myself of the TCK pod and Chris, 
and uh, Josh of the Commish Crew. You heard it on our 300th episode um, last Monday. You can dial back to check that up. But basically, we have a true strength of schedule spreadsheet we've been working on all season to really break down whether or not strength of schedule actually matters for fantasy football. Chris and I came into the season on differing opinions of strength of schedule for fantasy football. So we decided to actually do the research, do the work, putting it together, and we'll be reviewing at the end of the season and getting into it next year. So make sure you check that out, tckpod.com. All right, buddy, let's get into the veteran division here. Again, you and I kind of clawing to stay alive. Let's get right into it here. We'll talk about my matchup. We'll do yours last, and then we'll get into the current standings. Okay, so I am going up against Nosu for you. He has already got uh, New Hopkins for 10 points and Christian Kirk for nine. He went with both Cardinals wide receivers. I'm rolling out my boy, Justin Herbert, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, Logan Thomas, Tyler Boyd, and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you guys are fairly evenly matched up here, um, which is interesting, you know, pre-Thursday night football. But I think the sort of duds from Hopkins and Kirk are uh, obviously have no suit for you really behind as far as what's expected this week. Dude, you're starting to get healthy. So you're playing Chubb and Hunt, which is a you know nice stack right there, I think. And then, yeah, man, you got, you know, Adams and Boyd. And I think Tannehill actually will have a nice game. Um, you got Herbert at the top of your, your stack here. I This is good. good. Good team overall. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, if McLaurin and Kelsey can, uh, can sort of make up for, um, you know, the Hopkins-Kirk debacle. Yep, and I've got Mixon and Raheem Mostert still out. And Mixon is technically not on the IR, but he's been out for seven weeks, so it's been unusable, essentially. Um, yep. Raheem Mostert hopefully should be coming back next week off the bye, so I love that. Now, question, Chris. I do have your boy Travis Fulgham, your start of the week, on the bench. Um, I also have Michael Pittman Jr. and uh, A.J. Green, probably not starting either of those guys this week over my squad. But Travis Fulgham or Tyler Boyd? I can't sit Devontae Adams or Calvin Ridley. Yeah, so this is one of these, you know, do you do you do you play the matchup or do you start the talent? Obviously, Tyler Boyd has been having a monster season. I think he's better than Travis Fulgham. He'll have better opportunities, most likely with Joe Burrow. But Fulgham's at the better matchup. And so this is, you know, this is the age-old conundrum that most people face. Um yep. I'll leave that in your I'll put that in your court, but <laughs> appreciate the help. Uh here, no here's, problem. here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with Tyler Boyd, and this is strictly a fantasy defensive move. The reason why is no suit for you. My opponent is playing Joe Burrow. You see what I'm getting at here? He plays Joe Burrow. I play arguably his leading receiver. Yeah. So most of that work that goes to from Joe Burrow, right? Like let's say Joe Burrow throws to Tyler Boyd nine times. We've talked about this nine times for let's say a hundred yards and a touchdown to make it easy. You know, Joe Burrow is going to get what? Um, 16 points out of that. Maybe um, not even because of the point structure, but Tyler Boyd's going to get nine for the catches, six more for the touchdown and, you know, 10 points for the, for the uh, yardage. Right. So he doubles up the points for Joe Burrow, which frankly takes away from Joe Burrow adds the other side. So I'm going to kind of play a defensive move here. I am up in the air with Fulgham and Boyd, but because he's playing Burrow, I'm going to go with, um, with Tyler Boyd and uh, hopefully he doesn't hear uh, this episode. Um, (laughs) It's the mutually assured destruction tactic. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. So we'll see what happens. He has Jake Luton on his bench, so I don't think he's going to play him over uh, Joe Burrow. All right, so he's got Joe Burrow, Mike Davis, Le'Veon Bell, Nuke Hopkins already went, Terry McLaurin, Travis Kelsey, Kirk already went, and Taysom Hill as of now. Yeah, I mean, again, I uh, mentioned it briefly. Unfortunately, I think, um, you know, kind of got 
walloped by the Thursday night football uh, curse. And, um, you know, he just needs some help from McLaurin and Kelsey and, and Hill, if Hill can step up. And I don't know that Bell's going to have a great game, but Mike Davis could potentially have a great game against Detroit with, uh, um, you know, with PJ Walker in there. So yep. it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Yep, I agree. Detroit is uh, the second worst against running backs in the NFL. I expect a big game from Mike Davis with Christian McCaffrey still out. All right, let's move on to Hawk Dolliday and Drew Reb. Uh, let's see. Dolliday comes in at six and four. Drew Reb at three and seven. Hawks rolling out Lamar Jackson, James Robinson, Ronald Jones, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Robert Tunyon, Marvin Jones, and Larry Fitz already went for 14 points. Yeah, good squad. I mean, Ronald Jones obviously coming off the huge game that he had last week. And, you know, we already talked about James Robinson in, in depth. Uh, yeah, I think if he has a good game from Lamar Jackson, um, he's I think he's in line for the victory. So kind of just leave it there. We'll, we'll get into Drew Rib right now. I like the Stones. And maybe he was stuck. Let's take a look at his roster. Um, to yeah, play Larry Fitzgerald? On, yeah, he could have gone Keelan Cole or Josh Reynolds. Personally, I probably would have gone Josh Reynolds just because I'm a Josh Reynolds homer randomly. He's been on um, fire, too. He's been on fire. But uh, how about the Stones to play Fitz, who frankly was the best performing asset the Cardinals had, which is insane. Um, eight catches on 10, uh, 10 targets for 62 yards. But he played him in the flex position. And this is, this is fantasy 101 where you have to put your Thursday night players in their normal slots. So Adam Thielen maybe should have been in the flex position, Larry Fitzgerald in the wide receiver position, because if anything happens to Cooper Cup or Adam Thielen, not saying it will, but if it does over the week, he has to take them out. He cannot put somebody else in the flex. He has to find a receiver specifically to fill that position. So you just got to be a little bit careful and in the super flex spot nonetheless. So anyway, just kind of a, uh, a tangent there. All right, Drew Reb going in with um, Kirk Cousins, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, DJ Chark, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jared Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I think the only question mark here, uh, and for most people, is going to be a Jonathan Taylor play. I mean, Green Bay is, I think, statistically the worst defense They're against horrendous. the run. Horrendous. So, yeah, so the matchup looks very good. Um, we just need to see if Jonathan Taylor can turn snap back into Jonathan Taylor. That'd be great. <laughs> So what's again, and, and the snap share is kind of a super nerd fantasy thing to look into, but I think it tells a lot more than like how many yards did he have? Because that's all relative, you know, um, he had week two, 68% and then 40, 46, 55, 59. The last three weeks after the buy, which is when teams regroup, Hey, what's working well, what's not working well. How do we fix things? What should we not do anymore? After the bye week in week seven, three weeks, Against Detroit, horrendous. Tennessee, horrendous. And Baltimore, pretty good, obviously, against the run. Jonathan Taylor's had 33% of the snaps, 31% of the snaps, and 24% of the snaps. 22 yards, 27 yards, 12 rushing yards, two catches in each game. Obviously trending horrendously in the wrong direction in snap share and workload and effectiveness overall. Um, I'm super trying to stay on the bandwagon. His, his schedule, which everybody knows at this point, is arguably the best. The Colts running back schedule is the best among running backs in the NFL. He's got Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, the Raiders, uh, Houston in week 15, and then Pittsburgh in week 16, which we hate. But up until then, amazing. But I just don't know if we can handle it, dude. I mean, Naheem Hines is clearly the top running back. Jordan Wilkins is getting plenty of work, too. I'm trying to sit Jonathan. I have Jonathan Taylor, I think, in four or five leagues, and I'm trying everything I can not to play him 
because I'm straight up just worried about it. Are you nervous or do you think this is a quote unquote get right game because of the matchup when the numbers tell us like he's had two good matchups out of the last three weeks off a of bye and still has not gotten enough work to make it worthy? Yeah, it's 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 interest it's tough it's interesting and tough at the same time because you draft Jonathan Taylor to be your perennial lead back in the future, right? And so Naheem Hines is clearly the better back right now. Uh, and the Colts need these wins, right, to make the playoffs because they're in a pretty tough division. And they're playing they well. Do the ha- he's playing well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the team is playing well. And they just came off a good win against Tennessee, a pretty convincing win against Tennessee. And, you know, Naheem Hines is the better back, but, like, you have this opportunity right now to get Jonathan Taylor right, to get the confidence back, to get some of that mental work back. So it seems like every time they play, they're trying to give him that opportunity. But when you fumble, it's like – we can't, you know, you, we got to win games here. So mm-hmm. the, I feel like the Indianapolis Colts are battling the short-term uh, needs versus the long-term development development needs of the team. And so it's a tricky place to be, um, especially with Philip Rivers as sort of the short-term, you know, rental mercenary. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I really don't. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's tough to say. If you don't have options, you got to start him. But if you do have options, I'd probably wait until you see more evidence to uh, to feel confident in starting JT. General fantasy practice for you personally, Chris, when you have a situation like this, if you have Jonathan Taylor, are you one of those players in fantasy where you're like, look, it's Jonathan Taylor. It's a plus matchup. He truck sticked a dude uh, looked great. He's getting goal line work. He's just not executing it. It could happen. And, and Green Bay is horrible. I'm going to roll the dice and play him because it should happen. And I'm okay with getting a, a fucking six pointer. Or yeah. are you, yeah. are you somebody where you like reverse psychology superstition it? which is where I lean, where I'm like, you know what? He's not doing it. I know it's a plus matchup, but it's not happening. I'm going to bench him this week, and I'll take the 20 points on my bench because that's a positive moving forward than risking six points in my starting lineup again. Yeah, I'm that way as well. And obviously all of that is is fairly circumstantial, depending on who you have in your lineup, you know, who – uh, you know, the scores of, of your lineup, you know, if you need an upside situation, you have someone on the bench that can give you that sort of boom potential. Um, I, I lean towards you. Like I'm put it this way. Like, I, I talked about it earlier. I'm sitting Zeke this week primarily because I need to see it. Like, I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know how they're going to use him in the, in the game. I don't know if they're going to use him in the passing game, which is where he makes a lot of his points to pad his floor right now. There's no evidence from the, from the last three weeks that JT is going to get that workload, even if it's against a team like the Packers. So I would rather sit him, wait to see if it's something that I can trust moving forward before I, before I play him, man, I totally agree. All right, let's move on here. Lucas and Brady for Prez coming in at six and four a piece Lucas rolling out Teddy B for now, assuming he's healthy. Of course, he'll make a switch. If not going with Teddy B, Adrian Peterson, Derek Henry, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Mark Andrews, CD lamb and Joe, the Hitman Flacco for Dud jets. I like, I like the Flacco play. Uh, we'll see what happens with the, you know, against the chargers. They're obviously a pretty good defense, but yeah, I mean, um, good team overall. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I know that he's been, you know, uh, he's hit a bit of the skids lately cause he was pretty much in first place for, for a while convincingly, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Mark Andrews with Nick Boyle out. He's at DJ Moore. Who knows what's going to happen with the XFL quarterback? I already talked about, you know, feeling good about Derrick Henry. We talked about Keenan Allen. Those are obviously two great starts. We'll see what happens with CeeDee Lamb. So some question marks, uh, and it's a fairly even matchup at the moment um, with uh, with uh, Brady Perez getting the 21 points from, uh, from Kyler. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a fun one. 
Lucas won the league last year. And of course, being the co-host of the TCK pod, there was some uh, rumblings in the bushes that perhaps there was some tomfoolery. And, uh, you know, we cleared that out. It was a clean win. He came in, dominated, got the W. But if he wins with Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Flacco, do we have to just call bullshit, Chris? Like, what are we going to do on this? I don't know, man. I mean, Teddy B has been playing well, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I'll, t- I'll take my L like a man. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, up. I'll just say that. I'll tell, you know, if he fucking beats me, Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Flacco, it's like, all right, well, clearly I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> so no credit to him. It was our bad. I, I it's my fault. Our, obviously. I, I'll yeah, take yeah, totally. it's, it's nothing to do with Lucas. Fair enough to, to, to Lucas's credit. He's got his boy, Drew Locke, who has uh, bruised ribs and whatnot on the bench. So I assume if Teddy B's out, he might roll with Drew Locke, assuming he's healthy. He's got Daniel Jones on by, uh, but kind of beat up at quarterback there. So we'll see what happens. All right. Brady for Prez rolling out Kyler, as you mentioned, 21 points, Antonio Gibson, Rex Burkhead, um, Amari Cooper, Jacoby Myers, Eric Ebron, Brandon Cooks, and Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, so interesting squad here. Eric actually has Jacoby Myers as his start of the week against Houston. I think it's a good, a good play. Yep. Um, he yeah, he's been proving it. He's been he's been you know fairly good. So yeah, good, good team overall. I, I like the Brandon Cooks play. I like I like Roethlisberger's matchup. Um, we'll see what happens with Eric Ebron. But if he gets that stack and you know it lines up nicely. Uh, Rex Burkhead's been the James White for the Pats lately. God, Unfortunately, geez. not it's not James White anymore. It's Rex Burkhead. It's not. It's uh, you know, so it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think I think he's got the right types of pieces here. Um, I but I, you know we'll again. But he also has good. He's got depth on his bench too. He's got Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown. He's got you know, well, you're not going to start Dalton, but if he needed to, he could. Right. Uh, he's got Slayton on a, on a buy. He's got Jalen Rieger on a, on his bench. It's like. Good team and also good bench. Yep, playing well. All right, let's get into Pelkey and DeSancato. Pelkey coming in at three and seven. DeSancato at four and six. These guys are trying to hold on to uh, not be in that bottom four. Pelkey rolling out uh, Tua at the top quarterback position. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, great running back stack there. Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and Baker Mayfield. So triple stack with the Bucks. Yeah, which is tough because they're <laughs> playing a good defense this week. So yep. um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think the only play that I'm not really so high on, but you can't really do much about it, is the Baker Mayfield play. It's just not been very good lately. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it could be bad weather. He does have uh, – he's got Nick Mullins on a bye this week. And again, it's a super flex league, so there's almost nobody available. Lucas had to pick up Joe Flacco, who's pretty much the last one left. Um, so there's just not another option. Um, he does have Emmanuel Sanders on the buy or on the uh, bench to play super flex. Would you play Emmanuel Sanders over Baker Mayfield? No, again, I, it's unfortunate, but I always lean, I always lean quarterback. I'd rather get that upside with, uh, with the ball and in the, in the QB's hands. So, yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to D Stancato here, rolling out Watson, Damian Harris, um, who is questionable, should be good to go. Kind of had a, uh, late game hiccup there. So we'll see what happens, but Damian Harris for now, Duke Johnson coming back. He had an illness early in the week. He should be good to go. Jamison Crowder, Devontae Parker, Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, so I'll just touch uh, touch briefly on the Damian Harris situation, running back for the Pats. Sony Michelle, I believe, is off the IR officially. Yep. And for some reason, they love Sony Michelle. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't understand it because Damian Harris is clearly better, but uh, we'll see if Sony Michelle ends up taking some of those shares away from Damian Harris, which will obviously hurt Damian Harris owners. So. 
So can you just do me a personal favor? Cause you know, I, I spent all my yeah. time reaching out to Kyle Shanahan over on the West coast and I don't have Bill's direct line. Unfortunately, can you shoot him a text and just ask him yeah, to, to just release Damien Harris and release James white, because those guys are starting running backs on what do you think? Half the league at yeah, this I point. Think so yeah. Um, well, in, yeah. Interesting. Dual threat inter- running backs, like unbelievable. Yeah, dude. Interestingly, interestingly enough. So my dad's a plumber over here in, uh, in the East coast. We come from a blue collar family and yep, uh, he way. has a friend that has done some plumbing work for Josh McDaniels, believe it or not. So love it. Love let's it. just say, let's just say maybe the, maybe the pipes get crossed up if we doesn't, if we don't get our way here. So. We'll why don't you uh yeah why don't you have your guys call their guys and uh we'll yeah fix, we'll fix this up yeah we'll, we'll get it going <laughs> might have to might have to switch the old the old uh dial on the shower, if you know what i'm saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly yeah. see what happens there okay let's get into two more matchups here let's go with uh paul and hide and zeke um amari cooper cup love the uh love the team name here um going with uh patrick mahomes jd mckissick dalvin cook robbie anderson uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Hayden Hurst, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cam Newton. Yeah, J.D. McKissick is slowly becoming my favorite running back. Dude, <laughs> Just he's he gets, the new James White, bro. He, 15 targets a game. Like, how can you not love this? Like, he's an love absolute that. steal. The floor is undeniable, has that upside with some some, some TD work. Like, low-key league winner, like, in week eight. Who knows, you know? So. Very interesting to see. Agree. I hope it keeps going. My goodness, I'm praying that this guy just keeps getting the targets and Alex Smith just continues to fall in love with him. So, uh, uh, yeah. 100% agree. And Alex Smith is just gun-shy, man, with his injury, and like, you know, rightfully so. Uh, but he has the lowest A dot over the two uh, games that he's played this year. And he has literally J- – J.D. McKissick, a running back, has 29 targets in the last two games. 29 targets. I mean, that's more than any receiver in the it's league. Insane. And, I mean, it's just – insane. It's ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, I was watching some of that on uh, Red Zone. I was watching some of the football team's opening drive. <clears throat> I think he had – this sounds insane, but I think it's accurate. I believe he had, like, six targets on the opening drive of the game. And he had, like, 11 by yeah. halftime or something ridiculous. It just um, – He's yeah, hard to defend. Dumb. He's hard to defend, oh, too. Totally. Well, and again, you t- I'm not saying he's Alvin Kamara. I'm not even saying that he's necessarily James White and James White's prime. But you have a Theo Riddick was this guy for years with the Lions. You have a running back who's basically a receiver out of the backfield, Reggie Bush, if you will, back in the day. They're basically a wide receiver playing running back, and you get that open space. You get a little flare pass, and you get him in open field. There's just very few cornerbacks or or slow linebackers that can a catch him, b bring him down. Um, it's just, it's such a mismatch when you have guys like that. That's why it, it, and Rex Burkhead has done a great job for the Patriots. And obviously Bill knows what the fuck he's doing with, you know, nine uh, or what, six yeah. championships and, and other Super Bowls. But it's frustrating when you see a guy like James White literally just not getting used. And maybe it's Cam. Maybe it's the play calling. Maybe they're just not syncing up. Maybe it's James White. Uh, but seeing what he's done forever for Tom Brady it's been so frustrating to, to see that that situation there. So, all right, let's move on to uh, – let's get into Hyden Zeke uh, pulling out 19 points from Russell Wilson and 21 from Tyler Lockett off to a 40-point start here for Hyden Zeke. Up at 7-3, so up there with Josh in second place, rolling Russell Wilson already went, James Conner, Zeke Elliott, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett already went, um, Darren Waller, Naheem Hines, another one of these receiver running backs, and Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, good squad. Uh, it's obvious why, you know, he's <laughs> hiding Zeke is 7-3. Um, 
but the Zeke part of his name is uh, is the only question mark I have in this team, which is insane yeah. to think that, you know, we're at the spot, but we are. So we'll see what happens with Zeke. I mean, I have him in the home league. I am benching him. I don't think Zeke, Hyden Zeke can bench Ezekiel Elliott because, you know, you're not going to sit him for Gio Bernard or Boston Scott or, you know, switch your, switch your lineup and get, you know, T Higgins in there somehow or whatever the, the case is. I think you got you to play him. But yeah, up against a tough matchup. So this is, I think this is going to be a very interesting uh, TCK league, maybe potential spotlight of the week yeah. matchup to see if, uh, you know, we can get, we can get Hyden Zeke down a notch. He's got Carlos Hyde on his bench who already played. So of course he can't swap him out. But Chris, do you think Zeke outscores Carlos Hyde who put up 17 and a half fantasy points already? Do you think Zeke has, let's, let's just say, you know, over under, uh, 17 and a half fantasy points for Zeke. I think I honestly, yeah. I'll take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. I just don't see how Jeez. I don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but like, I don't think I'm going to use it much in the passing game. That that's going to be Tony Pollard's work. Uh, and I just, even though Minnesota is not very good against the run, I just think that that the, the hamstring reports are just not good. Like you don't want to hear that from, yeah. uh, you know, c- coming off a of bye week especially. I agree with you. Okay, man, last matchup, and we save the uh, best for last every single week. Let's get into your matchup here. We got Curly and the Commish going head-to-head. Curly at four and six, Commish at five and five. You guys are both right in the middle here. I am with you there. We all need to get the dubs at this point. Um, Curly has 13 points from DK Metcalf. Again, we had mentioned that potentially should have been 40, but it's not. And in this particular case, Chris, that's to your benefit. So let's go through it here with Curly. Aaron Rodgers, CEH, Kalen Balaj, DK already went, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Marvin Hall, not Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall, and Jared Goff. Yeah, uh, so the Marvin Hall play is interesting, obviously, because half of the Carolina receiving core is dead. So Detroit, <laughs> you know, Detroit. He's, he's going in as the wide receiver one right now. So yep. uh, I don't, uh, I don't blame and- him for, for that start. No, I agree. And I, I know what you meant, but uh, you said Carolina. It's the Detroit um, Lions. Oh, sorry. You know. Car- yeah, he's playing He's playing Detroit. My fault. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the Lions wide receiver core. Exactly. Yes. And furthermore, he has Kenny Galladay as well. Curly does, but he's out, so he's on the IR. Now, a little uh, wah, 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 wah for Curly. He has Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds on the bench. Couldn't decide which one to play, so he benched them both for a combined 31 fantasy points so again chris uh dodging some bullets here assuming that ceh and kalen balage uh do not outpace those guys so curly could be out to about a 60 almost 70 point uh lead here but um he is not so interesting uh interesting move there i do like the marvin hall play as well i'm a little bit worried about jared goff um as his super flex again uh the buccaneers have been fantastic and look any brady team on you know, in prime time is, is, is going to be hot. This game's in Tampa Bay. They got to go across the country. Jared Goff against the Seahawks last week, 300 plus yards, no passing touchdowns. Somehow it's going to be tough this week against the bucks as well. All right, Chris, let's go through your team, man. We'll get out of here. Tom Brady, Miles Sanders, Michael P Ryan, um, AJ Brown, Will Fuller, TJ Hawkinson, Michael Thomas, and Matt Ryan. All right, so we had to get scrappy this week because I got three guys on buys. I got Chris Carson out, and I have two other players outside of uh, our starters, which is uh, Randall Cobb and Austin Hooper. So I think we're putting out the best team we could. I actually have to go off the, the waivers and get Michael Perrine, um, Perrine and start him against the Chargers. We'll see what happens there, but I think, you know, I really need my wide receivers to carry my team this week. That's, uh, you know, Will Fuller, A.J. Brown, and Michael Thomas have to step up or else I'm toast. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. You guys have a... 
you know, just looking at both rosters here, both of your teams have the ability to like explode, but also have a very low floor this particular wild, week yeah. with, ma- with matchups. Um, yep. Like again, Brady, dude, Brady's been playing absolutely fantastic, but as much as Jared Goff has a tough matchup this week, Brady arguably has a tougher matchup versus the Rams defense who is number one against receivers and uh, quarterbacks as well. They're also very good against the run. Miles Sanders, Look, against Cleveland, man, they're pretty stout against the run as well. Could be a sloppy game. We'll see what happens there. LaMichael Pirine, I mean, he's on the Jets, so we just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, A.J. Brown, you know, could could take one of the house, no problem. And, of course, that Baltimore defense is beat up, as we mentioned. So we'll see. Will Fuller, though, depending on Gilmore and whatever, could be stuck. Hawkinson, I like the matchup there for sure. Michael Thomas, we've already talked about. Matt Ryan, I think, is, like, the key for you. If Matt Ryan can have – a Hopefully. early season Matt Ryan where he goes for like 404 <laughs> against the Saints which he's done many times over his career Marshawn Lattimore's questionable he gets Calvin Ridley back if he can pull one of those I think that can like buoy your squad if he pulls like a 25 pointer um, I'm just not sure that Brady's going to have the upside this week and the rest of your squad too so you guys you guys are going to be tight either way either both teams are going to blow up or they're both going to kind of run a floor it's going to be an interesting uh, yeah. matchup here so best of luck good sir let's run through the quick uh standings and we'll get out of here hide and zeke up at the top all alone once again at seven and three so first place for hide and zeke congratulations my man hawk Dolliday, brady for prez lucas caser and nosa for you all in second place at six and four chris you and i were in second place last week we're in third place this week uh i'm at five and five you are at five and five and paul our uh back-to-back runner-up in the league is uh in um third place as well at five and five we're right on the cusp of that bottom four getting eliminated curly uh desancado pelkey and drew reb all in the bottom four as of right now at four and six or three and seven it's going to be tight wish everybody the best in week 11 this is a longer episode it was such a, a blast to, to break it down with you again chris for a, a full one this week we appreciate you one more time please remind all the tck potters where we can find the commission content yeah and i appreciate all the uh you know obviously having me on and, and you know getting flexible as far as you know the scheduling and stuff so it's always good to to be on the tck pod and yeah this one this one went a little bit longer but it was good because we had the time we had the flexibility doing this on a weekend and kind of break the players down and and, and uh, i know you do this with bobby as well but obviously always good to get perspectives on here so yeah anybody that wants to go check us out over at the commish podcast it's obviously uh the commish fantasy football podcast on apple spotify google uh check us out on our social media handles at the commish ffp twitter Instagram and TikTok. And of course, go check us out on our website, uh, www.thecommissbrand.com. Go cop yourself a newsletter, name and email address, and we get that to you every Tuesday. It is completely free. And of course, stay tuned. We are going to have the Commish ornaments for the holidays. Dude, I love that. I am definitely, definitely getting Chris. Last question before I let you go. What yep. is the time frame on the, com- on the Christmas tree? in the Benavides household. Are you like a, a post, uh, like a pre Thanksgiving, like after Halloween, like some of these folks, are you the day after, uh, uh, Thanksgiving? Are you a week yeah. before Christmas? What's your, what's your general take on the Christmas tree? Yeah. Typically we do it around the week, right after Thanksgiving, that first week of December situation this year, my man, we're, we're getting our tree tomorrow. Oh, okay. 2020. We need the holiday cheer faster mix, than normal. So mix it up a little bit. I like that. Exactly. Uh, th- throw a little, throw a little, uh, a spice yeah. on it. Um, yep. I dig it. That's awesome, man. Are you a uh, are you a pull a tree out of the closet 
or go cut one down in the rain kind of a guy? What's your status on that? Yeah, we've been we've been sort of mixed. My my childhood growing up, we got it. We actually got a real tree, and then we switched to the fake one just because it's you know more economically uh, sustainable. Sure. And then recently, you know, me and my fiance have been living together obviously for a few years now, and we like the whole you know real tree vibe. We have a small Love apartment, it. so so yeah, we don't need a huge ash tree. We just get a nice small one, but it you know makes the apartment smell nice. That's what we like. Yeah, you get that little Charlie Brown Christmas tree, man. We, talking always, about. we we go cut one down as well. Of course, there's a billion trees out here in Oregon, and, and there's uh, Christmas tree farms all over the place. We go out there, get like a $20 tree, whatever. The kid cuts it down. She's been doing it forever, and it's a, it's a big like, ugh you know, moment for her, which yeah. is fun. We, we carry it through the fucking mud. We get, you know, hot chocolate and cider and, yeah. and, and shit. Christmas vacation it's, style. Yeah, dude, totally. It's the best. Um, But, you know, it just like, it adds that fresh forest smell in yes. your house, which yes. I personally love uh so it, it's a good time man well awesome bro we are cracking the holiday season we are three weeks out from the fantasy playoffs which is insane chris i hope your team gets healthy i hope you and your family and 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 and, and the missus stay healthy um i wish the best for you guys best of luck in week uh 11 and we will uh catch you next time of course please leave a five-star review here on the tck pod you can find us on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod and on twitter at tck underscore pod you can find the strength of schedule sheet and all of our rankings at tckpod.com. Chris, always a pleasure, man. We'll do it next week. Best of luck in week 11, everybody. Appreciate For Chris it, bud. and the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast crew. I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.